straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 324, brought to you by Hook'em.com. Our really good friends at Bud Light, I'm Cedric Golden, joined by my guy, the Duck. And Duck, we got a little piece of Steve Sarkeesian on Wednesday. What's that all about? No signees, but we got a little Sark. Is it really a signing day if there are no signees? I'm just asking. It's a new era, fam. It's a new era. The NIL, the early signing period. I remember when the first Wednesday of February was was party time because it was National Signing Day and Augie Garrido's birthday fell in that two-day period. But all of a sudden, it's not because the big the big catches have been were caught in December. Fishing season is no longer in February. Yeah, Sark told us today was he got 30 newcomers. Most of them are already here. He said at least 25 of them are already here already, and the other ones will come in June. One of those is Silas Bolden, the uh, wide receiver, the small wide receiver kick returner for Oregon State. He's going to graduate this spring. But uh, otherwise, most of them are all here already, and that's a good thing, Cedric. Yeah, it's a good thing, man. And um, 12-2 and two finish. They get to they win the Big Twelve. They play in the Sugar Bowl, so things are looking up. And you know, soon as you think things are gonna be going great, somebody like Kirk Bowles has to come in with a question, uh, <laughs> trying to make it even more daunting for Sark in twenty twenty four. Check this out. Yeah, Steve, with the makeup of the roster that you've defined and laid out, is there any reason that you wouldn't have a drop off next year. And what would you say your top couple priorities are for the yeah, spring? Um, you know, I, I think if we do it right, I, I think we'll be a pretty good team. You know, I think that we've got the leadership, we've got the skills at the various positions and the depth at the various positions to have a pretty good team. Um, but the process of getting ourselves to that point is is going to be is going to be the most critical of it all because we've got to recreate right and then not only do we need to recreate we need to do it better right um, and so the 2024 version of Texas Longhorns football is going to look a little different than the 2023 version my job like I said is to identify the strengths of this team and then play to the strengths you know who are we what are we best at how do we play to it? Um, okay, where are some areas of weakness that we can turn into a strength and identify those things? Uh, but naturally, you know, the, the first thing to me is rapport with with Quinn and Arch with with our skill players, you know. And then there's, you know, I, I feel very comfortable about the runners. I mean, CJ and and um, 
and Jaden played plenty of football for us. We're aware of that. We know we've got some really good players behind those guys. I think Gunnar Helm and the offensive line, I feel very strong about that unit. But now how finding that rapport with those receivers is going to be big. And then on the flip side, I think an area that, that you know is finding that right combination of players in the back end um, and finding a way to be even more sticky in coverage, especially from the safety position, um, to defend some of these high-flying offenses that you have to defend, uh, especially if you can get into the playoff. You know, they, they, most teams don't get into the playoff on accident. You know, they can score points, and so you got to be able to try to defend those people. And so those are probably the two biggest areas to, to monitor. No, if we if we perform. Yeah, if we do things right. Good. Exactly. They lost so many guys, Doug. Yeah. Nick Sweat's gone. Byron Murphy's gone. Jonathan Brooks is gone. X Worthy's gone. A.D. Mitchell is gone. Ryan Watts is gone. Jalen or Duck. Gone. I mean, I may have to change my column now. You're depressing me. I'm I'm just speaking truth, man. And I know there are people out there that hate me because they think, oh, you're against Texas. I'm not. I I enjoyed this season more than I've enjoyed any season since 09. Loved this season because they were good and they played like it. But you can't deny the sheer amount of leaders uh, that that have moved on from this team. And to that end, you know, Doug, he mentioned the culture – He's mentioned what he's building here, and this is what I ask him. Hey, Steve, several times last year you said you were finally you got your culture that you'd been looking for, uh, but this game never stops and you lost a lot of leaders. Um, uh, how important is that trickle down to these guys that are back, and uh, especially with the expectations that never change? Yeah, no, I, I think that that's big. You know, I, I think complacency is, is like the devil, man. I mean, I, I just – I, I cannot afford anybody in our building to feel like we've arrived, right? Because this is a new team. And this team now has to develop their culture. This team has to develop their strengths. This team, I have to identify their weaknesses and, and how we can improve upon those things. We are fortunate, though, to have a Quinn Ewers back, to have a Jake Majors back, to have a Kelvin Banks back, to have a Alfred Collins back, to have a Maurice Blackwell back, to have a Jade Barron back, to have a uh, oh David Benda back. I mean, we, we've got a lot of players who have been with us now for two and three years that really – get our culture right I mean it's ingrained in them now it's their responsibility to get that ingrained in these 30 new players right as much as it's the coaches man it's way more impactful when it comes from you know the leaders on the team and so that that's always the challenge of empowering those guys and then and then taking responsibility of it and then growing this team into the team that we want to have as quickly as possible they're gonna have to they're gonna have to show up Doug when no complacency. When no complacency. Have to show up. Complacency. What did he say, Duck? The work of the devil is the devil. Yes, it yes, is. It is. And he's right. Yeah, he is. Didn't didn't you like his his approach today? Didn't you like it? Because it wasn't oh. like he wasn't smug and like, hey, did you see what we did? 
I don't know how many people picked us to win, but we got in the playoff and won the Big 12. He wasn't smug, and, and that goes a long way with me. I didn't, like, uh, I didn't like it. I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. He's he hit hungry. all the right. Sarkeesian is hungry. He is ready. He said, I'm obsessed with winning a championship at Texas, and we need that kind of obsession. If you know, if Harden's gonna make some noise in the SEC because that's coming up. Uh, Michigan at Michigan is coming up. The Georgia Bulldogs, rest in peace, Uga, are coming to Austin Duck next season. Next season, you're talking next about next season, they're coming. Wow. This is gonna be great. Aggie has, has in big red circle on that calendar. Aggie is ready for Thanksgiving weekend. Aggie could go one and eleven if they win that game. They're gonna throw a parade. That's how big that game's gonna be. It's gonna be a long seven months, so man, we gotta wait seven months. It's good to be talking about it, but it we're is. gonna wait seven freaking months to get mm -hmm. going. And I'm just trying to stay on this side of the dirt in the next seven or eight months. Tomorrow oh. is promised, Doc. Tomorrow's not promised to any of no, us. It's not. No, You're it's old, not. Doc. You're old. And I know tomorrow's not promised to you. I feel like your age. You are in better shape than me. I think I, I would bet the over on the duck for another 10 years. On would this you? Uh, I'm taking it. I'm, ta I, I'll take it. I'm not going to bet my house because I like my house, but I'm yeah. betting it, Doc. We go see it. We go see a championship in that time. Uh, ooh. Ooh, the SEC? Well, an SEC championship, perhaps. Any kind of championship. Duck, I don't know. Duck, it's 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 such a minefield. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't know that Kalen DeBoer is going to be making Washington type magic. No, we don't. We don't know that. Duck. He's already lost a bunch of people. He lost a bunch of people. We know that Kirby Smart is Kirby Smart. Mm -hmm. We know Brian Kelly is going to recruit the hell out of Houston and lose yep. And LSU yep. is going to be good. We know that Florida is not going to be mediocre forever. We know Tennessee is going to spend what they have to do to get back going. Missouri is better. Missouri is the most overlooked yeah. team in the league. Yeah. Tennessee. And, and Aggie is mad. Mm -hmm. They're no longer getting the Texas press clippings. They're no longer the only team from the Lone Star State in the SEC. And I haven't even brought up the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. I even you know up. what? I kind of think – just go ahead and slap me if you want, but I kind of think they might be as good next year as they were this year because – because Record-wise? Record wise, because hear you me see, out. You see, a, you see an eleven and one type. I'm, I'm just, I'm saying, just making sure we're on the same page here. Or you I, get a possible eleven and one repeat. I could see that because you got to start with quarterback. You, you got it. You're gonna win big. You got to have a quarterback. JJ McCarthy won at Michigan. Now he's off to the NFL. Michael Penix, six year starter. You know, thrown for six jillion yards. Was in the playoffs. Texas got Quinn Ewers, two-year starter, started 22 games. He's very poised, very polished, has that good offensive line, all coming back except Kristen Jones. The running backs, where was the drop-off? JB, 
was magnificent, was going to win the Doak Walker Award. I was going to push him for All-American. Gets hurt, C.J. Baxter, J. Dunn Blue, step right in. No drop-off. Now, they did have a couple fumbles in New Orleans. I grant you. They can be fixed. But they were very good. You know, they got a lot of defensive linemen. They don't have two like Sweat and Murphy. I'll give you that. Linebacker, they're getting more athletic. You know, they got Colin Simmons coming in here with A. Hill Jr. The DNs ought to be better with Burke and Sorrell. So, and you got and you got those transfers. I haven't mentioned the transfers yet. You got eight transfers. You got Makuba from Clemson. You got Trey Moore, almost fourteen sacks last year with UTSA. You got three wide receivers. Matthew Golden. You got Isaiah Bond. Isaiah Bond. You got uh, Amari Nyblack from uh, Alabama. So you may have a really good tight end. So tell me where the weaknesses said that would tell you, and I'm not predicting it yet, but I'm saying the possibility is there. Are you on board? Possibility. Yes, absolutely. Are you? I have to be, and here's why. I can't be on the outside looking in again. I, I don't want to be that guy. Oh, you're doing peer I don't want to be the guy chasing the school bus because <laughs> I got there two minutes late. Uh, I got cast. I got. I I got castigated <laughs> for picking him to go nine and three. <clears throat> no, while knowing that nine and three would have constituted their oh. best year in over a decade, but mm-hmm. I was a hater. I just so happened to be occupying the same space as the legendary, the prescient <laughs> Mary Mallard from Taylor, who predicted 11 and 1 and a Big 12 title. And you know what? I'm yeah. happy to be in that space. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm. I'm on board because I. I don't want to be on the bandwagon. I'm on board because they have a lot of talent, and if they can go into Tuscaloosa and win, they can win anywhere. Yeah. What's their rough? What's their roughest road game in the SEC? Uh, it's relatively friendly, though. It maybe maybe A and M. I mean, they go to Mississippi State. Oh, probably. Well, Arkansas is having a down year. You know, uh, roughest game away from DKR is going to be OU at the Cotton Bowl. But no, the know, big house is the big house, too. Well, yeah. And and they've lost a ton. They lost their coach. They lost their quarterback. They lost their running back. They lost their best wide receiver. They lost their best linebacker. They incurred a whole heck of a lot. And they're going to have a new head coach. So, Boy, that's going to be one circled right there. And if they can win that game, that could propel them on just like Tuscaloosa last year. They really do. I just, you know, you and I know it's not a foregone conclusion, but people know we're not homers either. You know, we we say something bad, see something negative, we're gonna we're gonna say it, we're gonna point it out. And I counted up. I think they may be missing as many as ten starters uh, from the Sugar Bowl team as far as starters. But some of those starters weren't that great. You know, in the secondary, you know, they weren't great there. So now the wide receivers, they're going to miss them a lot. That's going to be probably their biggest, biggest void. But A.T. Sanders. Yeah. Sanders. Big. That's a big loss. Big loss. 
Hey, you hope the guy from uh, Alabama is going to be good enough to step in his shoes and Gunnar Helm gets a little bit better. But uh, And they got – he mentioned today uh, when he left New Orleans, he had three wide receivers on his roster. And only one of them, Jontae Cook, had a catch. He had eight catches last year. DeAndre Moore had none. Niblett had none. And so he had to go out and get people, and he got three transfers, and he got Parker Livingstone and Ryan Wingo as, as freshmen coming in. So he restocked that position like he knew he had to. We like the running backs. We like their quarterback. We like their offensive line. So, And the defense wasn't great. You know, their, their pass defense was pretty bad, and their red zone offense wasn't very good. That's where I think they need to have the major improvement. I am I'm excited that they have a I'm excited that they have a plan. I'm excited that Sark I think they needed to put together a season like this that they just had mm -hmm. to to establish some momentum. You didn't want to go limping out of the Big Twelve, Duck. You can no. look on your shoulder now and go, yeah, Bray, you're a market. That's how we do it. That's how we do it in Austin. We'll holler at you. We're going we're going east now. So uh, what about these new coaches? What do you what do you, what did you make of his comments? Boy, really high on Kenny Baker seems like. Yeah, and I was talking to some people about that, and you know he's okay with uh, hiring somebody he's not buddy buddy with. You know, I don't think he knew Kenny Baker, but he talked to Mike McDonald, the new head coach at Seattle Seahawks, and some other people, and he got good uh, good reviews from them on Kenny Baker, and he's a guy I think. He he admired him because he's a guy that's kind of worked his way up, you know, from I don't know where was he, Western Kentucky or something like that. He he, you know, it's it's no, you know, being born on third base and thinking you hit a triple. He worked his way up and supposedly a good personality, good teacher, good recruiter. And the fact that he's been there on the East Coast and uh, Johnny Nansen's been at Arizona in the West Coast and he knew him from his days at Washington USC. I think. That's good. And one point he made that I thought I was impressed with, too, is that uh, uh, the West Coast is open for business. Because they can't believe it. Where they, they can't well, they don't know. Where are they going? You want to play for UC Irvine, Cal Davis? Yeah. And, and some of them will still go to Oregon and USC, and they'll be attracted by playing in the Big Ten. But there might be some other parents that are saying, man, I don't want you traipsing all over the country, you know, for seven, eight games. So this it is open for business, and I expect Sark with his California roots and Nansen hire that they will, you know, you know, go into California and the West Coast a whole lot more than they have so far. And good for them, man. You can cherry pick. We've had some really yeah. good players come from our West. I mean, Bijan Robinson's from Arizona. Ricky Williams from San Diego. Yeah. Even uh, Arizona. Look at Arizona. Bijan Robinson. Yep, like I mean, you said. Um, yeah, they've got you know, they've Brandon Baker, offensive lineman from from California. You're right, Sid. So I think we're going to see you know more and more of that. Well, we're going to be talking spring football for the rest, hopefully, in the next month or so. You yeah, March 19th. You gave us the breakdown. Uh, March 19th is the spring game, Duck? No, that's the first practice. That's the first practice. Yeah, April 20th, I think, spring game. Gave us a nice little schedule that I jotted down for our <laughs> for our listeners. Um, yeah, they don't start until after spring break. Spring break. Um 
they're going to have spring break, and then March 19th is the first practice. Pro day is March 20th. Coaches right. clinic is March 22nd, and the spring game is April the 20th. Doug, remember when Mac Brown, did he do the spring game on Easter weekend and everybody was he up? Once. He, uh, he did once. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to watch spring game Easter. I want to be hunting Easter eggs with my grandkids and, and you that, did. Right. That's exactly right. So um not just football going on, Duck. Um tale of two basketball teams going on on the 40 freaking acres. We're taping this on Wednesday the 7th. So neither one of these teams plays again till Saturday, but I was at Tuesday night's men's game, Doug. We'll hit the men first. What are they waiting on? What are they waiting on? Do they really think they're not at Chili's where you're going to get bottomless refills of chances to win? You got eight games left, and you're four and six, and you're sitting in twelfth place in the Big Twelve uh, Big Twelve Conference after that seventy to sixty five loss to Iowa State. Absolutely atrocious first half by Rodney Terry's Longhorns. What are they waiting on, Duck? They're running out of time. They are running out of time, and they just don't seem to have that chemistry that last year's team had. They just don't. And, you know, that's a tribute to Joe Marcus Carr and Jabari Rice and, and Timmy Allen, and, and Tyrese Hunter was a part of that last year, and Dylan Mitchell. But, you know, you're not going to win with just Dylan DeSue and Max Asmus. You're just not. And Dylan, he had 28. Max only had 13. Seven of those were at the free throw line. And Tyrese Hunter, bless his heart, 0 for 8, 0 for 3 deep. He's just kind of looked lost this season. He's looked, he's played uninspired. And I don't know exactly what it is, if it's personal reasons, if it, if his confidence has been dashed because he didn't get a great grade from the NBA. I mean, I don't really truly see an NBA player on this team. Do you? No. Yeah. No. There, so, there aren't any. There aren't any. You know, Max is listed as six foot. Whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I saw him on campus Wednesday. No, he yeah. is. And there, are, there's not a real market for five ten shooting guards in that league. That just aren't. No. That you better be lightning quick if you, you better are. be lighting it up at that. And so, uh, Desu is probably one that's probably the closest. Uh, I know that if well if Dylan Mitchell was six eleven he yeah he'd have a great chance because he could be he could have he's a tight jump type of tight yeah. jump type of presence but you know he's a good on ball defender but Duck he doesn't block a lot of shots he doesn't and he doesn't score much he just he's always around the basket but you got to have some kind of mid range jumper to to a long range jumper and he'll show that off once in a while but it's just not consistent and they just. They haven't had that reliable third score that they can kind of count on. And consequently, teams are, are scouting them so well now, and they've played these teams over and over. People know you got to take Max Asmus around. And, you know, Iowa State sending two in his direction every time he's got the hands on the ball. And then – Just blitzing him, man. Know. Just sitting in the house at him. Uh, Duck, I did ask Rodney uh, Terry about – I asked him about these slow starts, um, particularly mm-hmm. at home. And – why it keeps happening, and here's what he had to say. Hey, RT, the um, slow starts the last couple of games, I mean, the margin for error is so small for you guys when you're when you're down, and especially in this league. Um, 
is there there's no way to manufacture starts uh what do you do when it just keeps on happening well if i look back at a lot of last couple games i mean i thought if we got off to a decent start against houston had a great start against byu uh in terms of scoring the ball and and being right there um you know, and then, you you know, again, like we started the game at, at TCU, and I always tell our guys again, I said it earlier, I said you got to get lost playing really hard on defense, and offense will come easy to you. Whether you get off get off to a good start, bad start, no one in this league is going to knock anybody out. It's going to be 40 minutes. you got to work the game. you got to come back. you got to put some consecutive stops together, and then you got to come down and execute what you're trying to get done on offense. And, uh, uh, again, you know, they got out to a lead. We got a chance to cut that thing down, um, you know, going into the half. But, uh, you know, that's that's no secret with it. And then you got to value taking care of the ball and you got to get shots on your terms. And then you got to sit down and guard. When you're not scoring, you got to get stops on the other end. So that that in itself, in terms of basketball, is a game of runs. You stop runs with, with stops and, uh, uh, and then going down and executing on your end of the floor offensively. So he's saying the right things. But I don't know that the message is being received by his guys. And maybe this is just a group that just doesn't have that oomph, that oomph that you need to break through. They're the best road team in the league right now, Doug, but they're one and four at the house. You can't go one and four at the best in the best conference in college basketball and expect to be standing there at the end. Uh, the general belief, and I, I think you agree with me, is that eight and ten will probably get them in. Oh yeah, I think so. And this conference will probably get them in, but that means they got to go four and four down the stretch, and they still have to play Kansas on the uh, road. They got to play at Kansas, uh, at Houston, at Houston. Baylor's coming in, aren't they? Oh, they go to Baylor. Go to oh, they beat Baylor here already, Doug. Yeah, Baylor's yeah. coming in, and they go to Lubbock. And then they got to play at Texas Tech. A team those are four beat. tough road games. So those are some rough, rough road games. And we know Kansas is okay. Kansas is not regular Kansas. They don't have depth. They, they, they're, they're not beatable. great they're outside. Beatable Kansas. They're beatable Kansas. So, yeah. But Texas uh, – and Texas seems to always show up when, when on road games. But if they could just be a 500 team at the house, hell, they'd be in the top three. Yeah. I don't know if they feel the pressure – if they relax more at home, you know, you, you and I have both been around teams that they just play better on the road. You know, they love the fact the crowd's against them and they feed off that. But this team's just been a mystery and maybe it's just not good enough. I mean, they definitely needed another wing player uh, that they should have gotten out of the transfer portal. They thought Horton was going to be that, but, you know, he's not a great defensive player. IT seems lost. Yeah, and Weaver is a terrific pickup, but he's he's a kind of a half a player. He can he's around the ball like Brooke Cunningham, a defensive pest, and really good at that end. Brings a lot of energy, but he's not a guy that's going to get you fifteen every every game. He's a guy that we're going to love in two seasons. Yeah, but he's going to get better and better. Brown duck. He's yeah. a guy they're absolutely they already the crowd already loves him because he's an energizer bunny who makes things happen. But once he once he starts knocking down some jump shots mm-hmm. and becomes a better shooter, uh, he can be really, real uh, one of the better two-way players in the country. I think he's got that potential. Yeah, but, you know, next year. There aren't that many two-way players out there, Doug. 
But, yeah, but, but next year, who's coming back? Max is gone. DeSue is gone. Dylan Mitchell probably be gone. You know, I don't think Dylan should leave. I don't. I think Dylan should should try to get as much nil money as he can before. I do he too. I do too. He's not a draft pick. He's not a draft yeah. pick. Right now. There's lots of guys like him out there, Doug. No. Like but you, but you're right. The times are running out. They're 15 and eight. They're four and six in the league. Uh, they're 29th in Ken Pond. But you know they also rank your offense and defensive efficiency. Offensive efficiency, they're 24th, which is just fine. But they're 63 on defense. You know, that's not going to get it done. And when you get the NCAA tournaments and they, they can drill down and do scouting and try to take out Max and DeSue, that's problematic. They, the last bracketology had them seven seed, but I think that was before Tuesday night's loss to Iowa State. They're on the bubble so, now, Doug. They're on the bubble now. Yeah, they're gonna. They got like you said. They gotta try to get to that eight and ten record. And you know, I mean, you got how many? You got well, you got West Virginia Saturday, and you got K State at home, Oklahoma State at home, Oklahoma at home. Now, if you were to sweep all those four at home, okay, I think you're gonna get in. But <laughs> the way they've been playing at home, there's no guarantee of anything. Because like as you said last night, they were atrocious for the first half and most of that game until Dessou got hot. I mean. You look at the bench points. They had nine bench points, Sid. You look at their second chance points. Nine. They had nine. They outscored sixteen to nine bench points, twenty-four to nine. It was just, it was just a bad look. And they got, they just got out. They got out scrapped. Yeah, they did. Out, out affected by by Iowa State. Iowa State came in here on a business trip, and they were relentless. Took care of business. Yeah. Open. Winning, yeah. Winning. Winning. What do you think? Well, they rely so much on Madison Booker with Roy Harmon out. Madison Booker, their six-one freshman. He, they're playing her point. She'd rather be a small forward, and she's she's not a great shooter. She's a good shooter, but she can get her own shot, and she's very physical, and she can get in the lane and get to the bucket, but. Without Rory, you know, a little bit of the same thing is with the men. They struggle offensively. You know, Leah Moore is good, but she's not quick or explosive since her injury. And Deanna Gaston, it can be good in the paint as can Tater Jones. But, you know, they they got – I think it was like one for ten, Shaley Gonzalez and Shea Holly on Sunday against Kansas State. And, I don't cut it. Even though they beat them, they were at home and they played much better at home. But Madison Booker carried them to that, so they look like a team that, you know, can get to the Sweet Sixteen. You know, can they get another round past that? I don't know, but their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. But they got they need some more offensive punch too. You were at that game with Vic Schaefer, and um, a win is a win is a win, Doc. Um, and you know, K State was missing Aoka Lee. The big right. girl, uh, but what do you think their prospects are when you when you look at advancing past those first two rounds? They've moved up. I don't. What are they now in the country? I think they're seventh now, Duck. Are seventh, and um, they're going to get to host those first two rounds. But after that, yeah, it gets a little sticky because I don't know if they've got that. I don't know if they've got enough punch. 
you got to have that third person. Is Aaliyah Moore going to be able to give them, give them that, that oomph they're going to need? Is is one of the Shays going to have to step up? I think Shay Holly is more of a defensive specialist. Now she got hot a couple of games ago and hit some threes, but this Shaylee Gonzalez is the one that worries me the most. Uh, hmm. She's had she's had some ups and downs, and um, they're going to need her to be more consistent. She's been pretty cold of late, and I agree with you. Shooting guard, you better not have too many slumps if if you want to keep winning. I mean, Muhammad is a very athletic person, but she just hasn't been consistent either. And then uh, Maul, the freshman, I don't know about her knee and how that that works. She's not the same. No, she's not the same as she was here locally in high school, and they were hoping to have – have her better, but you know they're really good. They have good size with with Gaston and Jones and Moore, and even with Booker because she gets rebounds too. They they're really strong in the paint, and that and defense can carry them. But again, like the men, they got to have a little bit more offensive punch, a little more firepower because they can have offensive lulls. But I think they're ranked like twenty first in the country three point percentage, but it sure doesn't look like it to the naked eye, especially lately. Here's what Vic Schaefer had to say after the Kansas State game. You ought to be confident after this week. They just, you know, they went into Waco and, and played really well. I thought we played better, quite frankly, Thursday than we did today. And, uh, again, we had a, a – defensively, we were really good tonight. But offensively, I thought we were – you know, we just turned the ball over, threw it away a bunch, threw it, you know, just got to be better there. But – I've, I've told them every day, you're good enough. They'll tell you. I tell them every day, you're good enough. And, again, I'm part of coaching is holding people accountable. It's not very much fun sometimes. It's not account. It's it's it's. Uh, but I'm not afraid to do that. And they know that. And I want them to be great. And um, and and so um, they're good enough. And, and I tell them that all the time. But we've got to keep getting better and keep working like. To me, our ceiling is we're we're way away from it. Like I still think we've got a long way where we can get better, but uh, I, I uh, we've got to cut down on some things. You know, the turnovers are just they're killing us. You know, we've we've got to stop turning. Nobody's out here trying to take it from us. Like nobody's taking it from. We're just throwing it to them, and so we we've, we've got to be better there. Um, you know, I thought defensively we made some some big strides uh, tonight because we stayed in the man all night long. I sure didn't want to go play zone against them because I'd be afraid they could they'll they'd shoot us out of it. And uh, so uh, again, I, I think this team, I think they have a chance. You know, what the, what's a chance? I think we can be pretty good down the stretch, and that's why I got to get Gaston healthy. Got to get. Uh, Madison uh, healthy, and I got to get Amo healthy, and that this next week probably couldn't come at a better time for us. Doug, you know what I like about Vic is even after a win, he's a he's a critic, man. He he yeah. he doesn't yeah. he's not going to sit there and and just rest on the W that he just got because uh, there's a sense that he has bigger fish to fry. He's mm-hmm. he's playing to a purpose, and he knows that without Rory, the thing it's just going to be tougher for them. And I can only imagine how good they'd be if Rory Harmon were running the show. And we saw early in the season that her mid-range jump shot had improved mightily. And she had, I think she had decided that she's just not going to shoot any threes. 
Yeah, because she wasn't good in that department. So, but that would just open up the floor for everybody. If you got two people there that can get their own shot and not have to rely on Madison Booker, you know, dribble, 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 and find somebody open or or bring somebody off the screen. So, uh, you know, I, I think they've got a higher ceiling than the men do just because they've shown it this year. They won, what, 21 games, I think, already this year. So, And, and I think they've won by more double digits than any team uh, in the nation besides South Carolina. So they've shown that they are capable. And, and right now they look like a team that can get to the Sweet 16 and maybe beyond if they can get a, a third wheel offensively. Well, before we get out of here, Duck, there's a, there's a big football game this weekend. In really? When am I flying out? Uh, what A day after never. That's what <laughs> I'm out. So, uh, What are you trying to say? Don't The statesman cares about the Super Bowl, don't they? <laughs> From afar, they do. Uh, so those don't cost anything. Yeah. Do you hear all these rumors that maybe Andy Reid retires or Travis Kelsey retires? Do you put any stock in that? I don't think Travis Kelsey's going to retire. He's still got that fire. Andy Reid's old, but he's not really. He's sixty-five, Doug. Compared to you, he was born last week. So I think he sees a chance to be an all-time great coach, and he's got an all-time great quarterback to do it. I think he can for four or five more years, and if he can pocket two or three more Super Bowls, he moves so up to echelon, Doug. He moves absolutely way up there uh, in 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 Super Bowl lore. If he retires with five Super Bowls, uh, mm-hmm. that's more than Bill Walsh. That's more than Chuck Knoll. That's more than Tom Landry. I mean, yeah. it can happen. Uh, he's not going to get to Belichick. I don't think he'll last that long. But uh, if you're telling me that Patrick Mahomes is not capable of winning three in the next seven or eight years, I I'm just, not going to tell you that. Yeah, he's that good. And I, I really think he could go down as the best quarterback ever. And uh, because Even if he doesn't rank, win the most Super Bowls, he still can go down as the best. Yeah, and you know it's such a misleading stat because you know you and I covered a lot of Brady's Super Bowls, and I was talking to Bob Blue at the football press conference today. You know, maybe won that one in New Orleans when Vinatieri kicks the field goal. Uh, you know, misses that field goal, that's one less Super Bowl. You and I were in Houston. When uh, the Patriots overcame twenty-eight to three, the the Falcons had no business losing. Kyle Shanahan's going to see ghosts every night. You know, if you just stop them once or don't have a turnover, uh, and you and that's another loss. You know, Tuck and rule. then you, Tuck rule, Tuck rule. You go to Seattle and yeah. the, the one-yard interception by you know My, Malcolm Butler. You know, there's a third one there. So they've been very fortunate and lucky that and they, they cheat and they, and they cheat some that helped. It always yeah. helps cheat. But my point is, I don't know if Kansas City's been lucky because this is the Kansas City team that's not a vintage Chiefs team. You know, their receivers have gotten progressively worse every year. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes keeps winning and he beats well, who do you put in front of winning? Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, the MVP, and now Brock Purdy and all the weapons San Francisco's got. I, I'm still picking San Francisco to win because they're oh, better. Well, I, I picked before. I can't change now. But, you know, you and I always kind of think we have a thing. Well, I usually go with the better quarterback. But 
in this instance, and San Francisco's played from behind ever since the postseason started. What's they they're gonna have to put a decent four quarters together sometime. Are you going with the Chiefs? Yeah, I am. Oh yeah. I've I've had enough of betting against Patrick Mahomes and losing. So I'm gonna <laughs> stick with the Chiefs. And if they if they win, I won't be shocked. If they lose, I won't be shocked. The Niners are oh, Niners are way more talented than the Chiefs. They are. They really are. are. But their defensive front hadn't played as great as as they had during the regular season. And Debo Samuel's kind of been hurt some, but uh, I just hope it's a good game and good commercials. Good, good game, good commercials. Usher at halftime. Uh, my wife's more excited about that than I am, but you know, such is life, Doug. <laughs> but man, it's good to get back yeah, you- on the pod. It was good to get back after a week off. We're all over UT football, over all over UT hoops, men and women. Super Bowl Sunday is upon us. It's a great day to be a sports fan, and we are going to enjoy our weekend, and we hope you do too. That will do it for episode 324 of On Second Thought. He's the duck, Kirk Bowles, and you are not. And I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought.